Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Ogumba Wale for the win! You are Locked On Women's Basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Our dear sisters in the WNBA. As a group of intergenerational black women who have organized around the affirmation hashtag win with black women, we stand in solidarity with each of you. While we respect and admire your exceptional athletic prowess, in this letter we lift up the stance you continue to take in the ongoing struggle for justice and equality in our nation. That struggle, dating back 401 years to when our African ancestors were first enslaved, has yet to be won. And in the recent months since the brutal killings of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, followed by more and more senseless killings of black people, we are with you in saying enough is enough. And we are with you in saying that the white Americans who are driven by systemic racism must get their knees off the necks of black people. Dear sisters, we are also with you in decrying the divisive rhetoric that is coming from the highest offices in our land, including the racist and misogynist language being used about black women, including vice president candidate Senator Kamala Harris. As our Shiro Shirley Chisholm once said, the emotional, sexual, and psychological stereotyping of females begins when the doctor says it's a girl. And as black women, we continue to struggle with the double jeopardy that comes from being black and women. Indeed, the struggle continues. As the late Congressman John Lewis said, our struggle is not the struggle of a day, a week, a month, or a year. It is the struggle of a lifetime. Never, ever be afraid to make some noise and get in good trouble, necessary trouble. We recognize that this is what you have been doing, getting into good trouble. For example, when you wore those 2016 t-shirts that said, change starts with us, justice and accountability. And since then, your good trouble has grown into a unified and consistent voice in the call for equality and justice in our country. What is equally admirable is that many of you are making your voices heard off the court as well. There are countless examples of you engaging in protests in your own communities and working to affect positive change. Indeed, you have set an example for other sports leagues of what can happen when players are united and committed to affect social change. As the Ethiopian proverb states, when spiders unite, they can tie up a lion. You have heard the calls from some in our nation that say you should leave politics out of sports, as Laura Ingram disrespectfully said to LeBron James, shut up and dribble. However, as you know, And in the words of our well-known black lesbian writer and activist Audre Lorde, your silence will not protect you. Protests by black athletes in our country certainly did not begin with Colin Kaepernick taking a knee during performances of the national anthem. And the world needs to remember that a few weeks after he took a knee, center Kelsey Bone was the first of multiple WNBA players who joined him in protest. 
History and herstory are filled with stories of black women and men who, as athletes, protest racial injustice and speak truth to power. The names of black men athletes are well known, but we insist on lifting up just a few of the names of sister athletes who have also protested racial and gender inequality in America. Wilma Rudolph, Serena and Venus Williams, Erlene Brown, Rosena Robinson, and Wyomia Tyus. How well we remember that in 2016, after the police murders of Alton Sterling and Philando Castile, it was the WNBA players who led the way by wearing Black Lives Matter shirts and holding media blackouts where you refused to talk about basketball and would only talk about police violence. You continue to add your voices to the national call for an end to racial injustice, and you turn a deaf ear to those who accuse you of being disruptive to the WNBA. For indeed, you agree with our sister Alicia Garza, one of the co-founders of, Black, of the Black Lives Matter movement. Quote, every successful social movement in this country has used disruption as a strategy to fight for social change, whether it was the Boston Tea Party or sit-ins at lunch counters throughout the South. No change has been won without disruptive action. We bring closure to this letter in the same spirit in which we opened it, and that is by stating unequivocally that we stand in solidarity with you. In sisterhood, Black Women United. Hashtag win with Black Women Network. By the time you're hearing this podcast, the full letter will have been circulated. It came out Thursday morning, Thursday, October 1st. I was able to get a hold of this letter through talking to the WNBPA, um, and they sent it over. I, I really don't even know where to start. Um, as you know, every Thursday I've been dedicating time to social justice in the WNBA in particular. And I've talked about black women being the start, being the spark for a lot of social justice movements. I was just on Black Wednesdays, their community call, and I talked about Wyoming Atias. I talked about the WNBA players and change starts with us. I have always uh, really lifted up Kelsey Bone and Misty Bass. I'll, I'll have you um, know that Misty and Kelsey were after Indiana knelt for the game, their game against Phoenix. Um, Misty and Kelsey continued to take a knee. Um, there's just so much in that letter and there's so much that I love. But here's the scoop, folks. The WNBPA um, is getting support. This is known as a love letter, a love letter for players. And um, the idea is to, with this campaign, that is the Win With Black Women campaign, um, this is a letter of support, a letter to tell the WNBA and WNBPA, hey, we see you. We see what you're doing. We support what you're doing. And I saw that, uh, shout out to Jackie Powell, but she, who apparently listens to this podcast whilst walking. So I hope you're enjoying your walk, Jackie. But Jackie uh, was talking about the NBA and how they have the virtual fan experience. And, you know, what would it look like? for WNBA players to have a little bit more support in the wobble. And we've seen it here and there. The Las Vegas Aces once had Kelsey, um, they had Kelsey Plum 
who is out with injury, unfortunately. She did a little something for her team, the Las Vegas Aces. We've seen a handful of teams do it. Some that have made it public on social media. Well, this letter is signed by black women, women of color in powerful positions. I mean, I'm running through this list. A uh, hundred, it's, it's over 200 names. Our first guest today coming up next is Dr. Janetta Cole, who now serves as the National Council of Negro Women President and Chair of the Board, former um, president of Spelman and the first ever black woman president of Spelman. Uh, she is going to talk about the importance of this letter. And we have a few other surprise guests coming up. It's time to talk to you about our favorite family-owned business, rockauto.com. They have everything from engine control modules, brake parts, to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. You can type locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com. To Jackie's point, would it have been nice to maybe publicly see some of this? I think so. Um, however, I do think WNBA players have found ways to get the get support. Um, and I do mean to get support. I, I shared that story and article about NECA, but Asia Wilson was able to spearhead the Mountain Dew, you know, hair salon. And on the one hand, I... I, I agree with Jackie, like getting more support for these players and, and having it be, I don't want to say an afterthought, although I do think it's an afterthought, but I think, I think what we see is that black women are very good at getting what they need and by ringing the alarm themselves. See, that's what happened with Asia Wilson putting together the hair salon. That's what happened with NECA putting together the, these gifting programs, which then hopefully will lead to brand deals and partnerships. She called on Chipotle. I understand that WNBA players called on their support um, and their relationships, their friendships with NBA players like Chris Paul to get sponsors to gift things to players in the Wubble. So on the one hand, I love that, again, as we see here with these signatories, over 200 signatories for this love letter for WNBA players and as a part of the Win With Black Women Network, um, we see that black women are going to, you know, we're going to support each other. We're going to love you. We're going to love each other and find love where there is none, um, find support where there is none, find money where there is none. But I do agree with what Jackie was saying in that the fact that some of this was an afterthought, the fact that the salon wasn't up and running, the fact that NECA had to call Chipotle and it wasn't perhaps the front office, you know, um, I get the sense that a lot of people say about the WNBA well, we just don't have the money or we don't have the exposure or we're, our reach isn't big enough. I get the sense that there are people even in the WNBA that say that. And I do think um, that they believe that and that there is, 
I think the truth is that the WNBA doesn't have as much support and honestly has not had the means by which to create their own infrastructure. I believe that. I also believe, though, that leadership over time um, is willing to accept what other people believe about the WNBA instead of refining the image of the WNBA. What do I mean by that? Well, I'll use a political example. People like Arnold Schwarzenegger, for some people, maybe even Ronald Reagan. Uh, What was that guy from Minnesota? I think Ventura. Robin, was his first name Robin Ventura? Uh, Ventura. And even the sitting president of the United States. On paper, their resume as essentially entertainers, uh, wrestlers, bodybuilders, um, (laughs) you know, reality TV stars, doesn't make them good politicians. What those people did, whether you agree with it or not, is got enough people to see their difference in the political space as an asset. And that's what I want the WNBA to do, is to market who they are and not who they aren't. The leadership of the WNBA needs to challenge themselves and to embrace the challenge of thinking outside the box, of marketing what the WNBA is and not marketing what they want the WNBA to be perceived as. Because people who aren't going to watch women's basketball, they've already made up their mind. And you, you want to engage and allow the people who already love the sport, or, or maybe they don't love basketball, but they enjoy the product of the WNBA, allow those people to change their family's minds, their friends, their colleagues, let them do that work. But first, in order to let them do that work, in order to let us do that work, you have to embrace us. You have to support us. You have to acknowledge us. And that, I think, going back to this letter, is exactly what these women, over 200 women, successful women in all kinds of business are doing. They are validating WNBA players. We see you. We see you on the court, but more more than anything, that letter was saying, we see you in this space. A lot of these women on this list fight this fight every day. Dignity and Respect Campaign. I mentioned Advancement Project. Places like the Sanford Agency, Fordham University. The women that occupy those spaces know what it's like to fight as a woman and as a black woman for success. They understand that. And some of them are professionally in spaces where they talk about racism and sexism on a daily basis whilst also experiencing it. They're acknowledging that the WNBA has taken up at least part of the mantle and that they're willing and ready and able to serve. So next on Locked on Women's Basketball, we're actually going to hear from one of the women who signed off on this letter. Her name is Dr. Janetta Cole. And we're also going to hear from someone that I'm pretty sure if you're a women's basketball fan, you know her, you probably even love her. Maybe you love to hate on her and her team, but that is one head coach of 
the University of South Carolina women's basketball team, Dawn Staley. Listen, it happens. You don't get your favorite snacks, and then you're sitting in front of the TVs. We've got playoffs happening, and you're hungry because of the excitement and all of the things. So luckily, the DoorDash app had me covered. Why? Because DoorDash is the app that brings you food you're craving right now, right to your door. Ordering is so easy. You open the DoorDash app, you choose what you want to eat, and your food will be safely left outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Now, many of your favorite local restaurants are still open, so just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left at your door. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKEDONNBA. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDONNBA. Don't forget, that's code LOCKEDONNBA for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. And as promised, we have some heavy hitters on Locked On Women's Basketball today. We're going to hear from Dr. Janetta Cole, and then you'll hear from the one, the only head coach of the University of South Carolina women's basketball team, Dawn Staley. Again, Dr. Cole, and then Coach Staley talking about the love letter to the WNBA and WNBPA. Good morning. How are you today? I am doing well, my sister. Tell me about you. You're well? I, I am well as well. I am very honored um, and privileged to speak with you for a short time. Um, so thank you so much for agreeing to this. Well, thank you for giving us this platform. You know as well as I do, even good work doesn't get out there unless we have the attention of the media. So. This is good. This is good. Yes. And actually, that I think we'll start there. Because for me, in reading the letter, which will be, I think, publicly released shortly here, I was just taken aback, again, by the names, the, 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 those who have signed on, but with the love and care of the message itself. To me, the message uh, stood to not just honor the WNBA and the women and players in that league in this moment in time, but mm-hmm. also almost as a reminder that Black women in particular have been on this journey of um, really pushing society and, and, and charging society to be different when it comes to race and racism and social justice. Mm-hmm. For me, the extraordinary sisters of the WNBA really, in many ways, tell our story. They tell the story of Black women in this country that, as you and I know so well, didn't begin well. It began 401 years ago with enslavement. But these sisters tell the story, I like to say, and her story of double jeopardy, what it means to be victimized Mm 
based on one's race and one's gender. And we see this, we see this so blatantly in terms of something like, I'm just gonna go there. What a player who is a professional basketball athlete receives compared to what a player who is a professional woman basketball player, why should she receive so substantially less? And that reflects not just what our sisters in the WNBA experience, that reflects what Black women experience. I love that. And Dr. Cole, I think what we also see and hear, because the WNBA has decided to really ramp up their message, which has been consistent since 2016, a lot of the questions that athletes in activism get or that their fan base quite honestly struggle with is, well, what do we do with this information now? So Dr. Cole, let's assume that there is a listener um, or someone who will read this article that is becoming intimately involved with a lot of these issues, perhaps for the first time in their life. What advice would you offer uh, for someone who occupies that space, but but really wants to make a change and, and to find their own way within the movement? That's a terrific question, my sister. And you'll have to excuse me if I begin out of my experience as a professor, because I'm going there. <laughs> I'm going there to say, why don't you, whoever you are, sister, brother, sibling, of whatever you, why not begin with informing yourself? You know, anything you want to know about now, you can go on the internet, get informed. Read, think, talk to other folk. And then secondly, I would say that anyone who wants to become more active in this struggle, you got to get in touch with your own courage. Your courage. You know, Dr. Maya Angelou once said, Courage is the most important of all of the virtues or attributes. Without it, you can't practice anything else. And so if you are new to the struggle or want to intensify your engagement in the struggle, get in touch with your courage because it means you're going to have to stand up and speak out. And now we'll hear from Coach Saley. You'll hear that the beginning of the uh, audio got a little bit clipped, um, but here's Coach Saley talking about the love letter to WNBA players. Uh, idea it was to to um, salute and to embrace what the WNBA players have been doing for for such a long time. I've been I've been um, attending the Zoom calls with. Uh, the women with black women 
Um, and I, I, I come away from each call just inspired. Um, just the, the camaraderie, the spirituality, um, the knowledge, the poise, the intellect, and, and, and obviously it's, it's discussing, um, it's discussing some political changes that, that we want made across our country. Um, and also pushing, um, Kamala uh, to the white house. And in those discussions, you know, you have to look and see, well, who, you know, who are leading some charges out there that, um, that are unpopular, but right. And, you know, I think, uh, Dr. Uh, Janetta Cole is the one that so softly, but so powerfully said that, that we needed to, to write a love letter to the WNBA players. And, you know, I, I know all of us, once she said it was like, oh, that's brilliant. That's a the brilliant idea because, you know, for, uh, for the time that I've stepped away from the game and this kind of outside looking in, seeing um, the WNBA players voice, you know, voice what's on their hearts and be the, the voice of voiceless is quite incredible. And it, it, you can't wrap it up in one tweet. You can't wrap it up in one post on, on Instagram, but you can, however, um, show them through this love letter, just how many people out there who, who fight the very fight that they fight, find it really encouraging that they step out there and do that knowing knowing that there's going to be a whole lot of backlash. I think also what you said, Coach Staley, that I, I, I resonated with, um, but I want to tease out a little bit more, is that, yes, a love letter sounds so brilliant, but I do feel that anyone who doesn't, um, <laughs> who doesn't have the honor of being a Black woman might not really understand why that is important. And I think you talked a little bit about it, but I'd love to tease that out a little bit. Um, and the way Dr. Cole talked about it is that there's so much history and the letter uh, kind of points this out as well. There's so much history of black women, unfortunately, um, not being um, raised up and praised and celebrated for the frontline work that they do in every industry across all periods of time in history. And so if you were speaking to someone who maybe doesn't have that understanding, you know, what would you say to them as, as to the, the underlying importance um, of something like this, this unified message? Well, I, I think for, for, for me personally, I can, I can just look at the strong figure that my mother was and, and still is in my life. Unfortunately, um, she has since uh, passed away, I mean, three years, uh, three years ago. And I just, if I just reflect on her life and if anybody can reflect on their mother's life, they'll see um, the strength of a black woman They'll, they'll see the struggle of a black woman. They'll see a black woman struggle, but not really let you let, you let on. Like I didn't really, knew, I didn't know my mother struggled when we were growing up in, in the housing projects in North Philly. 
because she never felt sorry for herself. She never blamed others. She just took what the world gave her and, 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 and gave back strength. Strength, I mean, my mother cleaned houses. My mother went to church, was a faithful woman. My mother was or had the strength of 10, uh, of 10 women. And when you say having the strength of 10 women, that's, that's, that's very, very powerful. So um, for young people that, you know, may think that this is just a letter, you know, for publicity or a letter um, that is coming out for a calculating reason, there's no other reason besides, and it shouldn't be, besides just loving up on somebody else that has probably felt like they're in a struggle. Not on the court, but part of that is on the court too, because you know women aren't paid. You know what men are paid. Um, we can't control our hearts and our voices to make sure that it may not happen for us in our time, but it's going to happen for somebody else younger than us in their time. So we hope it changes. You know while we are taking breaths every day. But if it doesn't change in our time, we know that at, at some point, at some point, um, the pendulum is going to swing our way. So we have to continue being very consistent and persistent in, in, in raising up, you know, our, our young ladies because, you know, they, they are our future. Whether we, you know, whether we want to believe that or not, they are. Though Those young women and the, the WNBA is getting much younger. Um, so we want to raise them up. We, we want to put our arms around them and let them know that, um, their, their victory is our victory. And we want to make sure that we, we make them feel that. How amazing were those two women? You heard Dr. Cole talk about the love letter and that education and courage are what we need to do this work. And if you're listening and if you heard Dr. Cole and maybe you haven't found your way in this work on Social Justice Thursdays, this is the call. This is the call to join the work um, and do some research. And that's what Social Justice on Locked On Women's Basketball on Thursdays is all about. And then you heard Dawn Staley talk about her mother and how she sees this love letter as necessary, not just a nice thing to do, but something that's necessary. And she used the example of her late mother, who had strength of 10, the strength of 10 black women, and how that strength is required for, for survival, but also comes sometimes at the cost of feeling isolated, or compartmentalizing uh, what's needed to win the day, to, to win the, the, the struggle and, and, and uh, everything that it takes to raise a family as a black woman in society versus that empathy or lack thereof that, that black women often get from society. And we're going to close the show hearing from Elizabeth Williams, who was able to patch in and, and talk to us while overseas. And Elizabeth is going to talk about what the letter made her feel 
and she also talks about how the letter opened her eyes to maybe some history that she needed to learn. So here's Elizabeth Williams. How did you first hear about the letter and, and what are your first impressions? So I first heard about the letter through uh, the director of our union, Terry Jackson. Um, and she basically said, um, <clears throat> for us to kind of expect something like this and but when I actually read it, it was like, I was kind of taken aback just because one, it was from amazing, powerful woman. And two, it's often that a lot of the work that we've done doesn't feel like it gets recognized properly. Um, and so just like the combination of those things was really powerful, I think for me. And um yeah, I just felt really appreciative and grateful. And it's like even more inspiring to continue to do what we're doing. And if you can maybe just take me back to your time at the Wobble and um, thinking of that balancing act, what was that like for you? And, and what were some ways that, that you tried to work through that discomfort? Yeah, it was definitely a unique experience. It was, it's always so interesting too, when we think about what it looked like negotiating for what the bubble would look like, but um, actually being there, it's it's obviously really different. You don't really know what to expect, but obviously one of the big priorities in addition to health and safety was social justice, because at the end of the day, in addition to the COVID-19 pandemic, we had this racial pandemic and just fires everywhere going on. And so um, I think the advantage of having basketball was that it was kind of our release from all of this, right? For a lot of people, basketball is our safe space to not have to worry about what's happening in the outside world. So that was advantageous for a lot of us. Um, and that's something that I try to focus on and do is say like, once we're between the lines, we're between the lines and, and then we can focus on that. But then once we're off the court, um, we're able to, kind of refocus ourselves to the social justice movement, to having these important Zoom calls, educating ourselves on what voter suppression is and the importance of the census so that when we go back to media and, we, and we're talking after the games, we know what to talk about and we feel confident in talking about it and, and sharing these things that are so important to us. Yeah. Well, again, thank you so much for, for everything that you offered um, in this conversation today. I'm really excited to put this together on Locked on Women's Basketball. Uh, we've been dedicating our Thursday show to social justice. And so this letter um, and having your voice and the other voices we pulled together, we're really excited to share this with listeners. Um, but before I let you go, is there anything that maybe we didn't talk about about the letter or maybe something that we did talk about that you'd like to amplify to our listeners? Um, I think the only other thing about the letter would be it was it was also really cool to be talked about with other female athletes that were activists and you know whether it's the Williams sisters um, I actually I didn't know who sis Robinson was and then reading about her and her um, you know hunger strikes and fighting for desegregation so like even for me just educating and learning about that I think that's so important and I'm just like humbled to, to be a part of a league that can be mentioned with those women and, and I'm glad that we're, we're doing the work as well. As we close out today's Social Justice Thursdays on this first day of October 2020, I have to give an immense thank you to the WNBPA 
particularly Terry Jackson and David Cooper, who helped get these guests on our show. You know, we've been committed to following the path of the Social Justice Council in this wobble season. And as Elizabeth just said, it was something difficult. Sue Bird also talked about it today during her media availability. It's, it's something very difficult. But what made it easier are all of the times that people like Don Staley or Dr. Cole or former First Lady Michelle Obama or Dr. Kimberly Crenshaw, who we've talked about on this show, every time those women in particular, those women leaders have poured into the WNBA, the WNBA players have felt it. They felt it. And it's really something beautiful to see. It doesn't take away from the struggle and the challenges that still need to be won. Elizabeth talked about that a little bit. The WNBA and the WNBPA, have they haven't thought too much about their next challenge. They're focused on um, what's going to happen leading up to the election. And of course, Elizabeth Williams knows how important that is being from Atlanta. And that's something else that Sue Bird talked about in media availability. And I'll have some of the extended videos. You can follow me at elindsay08 if you're interested. Um, there's just... There's a lot of emotion involved in social justice, racial justice. There's a lot of emotion involved in covering women's sports, which is why we're so thankful to our Locked On Network family um, for helping us amplify the voices of women's basketball. And so I leave you today with, um, again, just something from the letter itself. Um, One piece of the letter And this is for the WNBA players, but maybe for anyone else out there that is in support of the WNBA players in this facet of the game. And this comes again from from Win With Black Women. As a group of intergenerational black women who have organized around the affirmation, hashtag Win With Black Women, we stand in solidarity with each of you. As do I, Erica Lindsay Ayala, your Tuesday, Thursday host of Locked On Women's Basketball. I will be back next week. We have a finals game. WNBA finals start tomorrow, Friday. And it's going to be none other than South Carolina's own Asia Wilson and and reigning MVP leading the Las Vegas Aces against UConn, baby. Sue Bird, the New Yorker, um, leading the Seattle Storm. Both of those women also have been integral to highlighting what's been happening in social justice, Sue Bird more so publicly and with the media. But Asia Wilson is that other piece of this love letter and has been a leader that perhaps behind the scenes and without much fanfare has been so supportive and has used her resources to be supportive of other WNBA players, but also coaches and staff. And of course, I'm thinking of at least the one example that I know of, which is the Mountain Dew hair salon that Asia helped bring to the Wubble. So hats off to Sue Bird, Asia Wilson, of course, the entire Seattle Storm and Las Vegas Aces team, roster, staff, uh, fan base. Congratulations. You are in the 2020 WNBA Finals. And now the only thing left to do is for media folks like me to pick apart the matchup and uh, make some predictions. I think we're going five games. You'll have to tune in next week if you want to know who I think is going to win it all. All right. Erica Ayala signing out.